Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we discuss life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. So today on the show, I have someone that you have all been asking for. Danielle McKinnon is an animal communicator, intuitive, soul-level coach, and the best-selling author of Soul Contracts, Find Harmony and Unlock Your Brilliance and Animal Lessons, Discovering Your Spiritual Connection with Animals. One of the most influential animal communicators in the United States, Danielle is the go-to animal communicator educator at the Omega Institute and the Kripalu Center and many other globally recognized teaching and wellness institutions. She is also the creator of Soul Level Animal Communication Method for Intuitive Connection with Animals in which animals give both physical and energy information to their owners that assist the owner in healing themselves. Whoa, okay, we have so much to talk about. I can't wait for this one. I really can't. Okay, so let's start with, do we plan our life with pets before they come to us? We do plan our life with our pets before they come to us, but it's more of a plan with the pets before we embody on this earth versus we're making a plan and we're kind of involving the, the, the animals. So the animal soul and our human soul get together before embodying. Um, the human soul, according to the animals, the human souls are always working on various lessons, various things to help them learn unconditional love. And animal souls have learned unconditional love. So when we, as the human souls, are working on, well, when I, when I incarnate, I want to learn um, to believe in myself. So before embodying that animal soul and I get together, hey, Harry, the, the, the animal soul, will you help me learn this lesson? And Harry says, yes. So we, they, there's definitely a plan beforehand, but it's not a plan that's put in place to totally, it's not a total 100% plan. Meaning I know that Harry, the animal soul is going to incarnate. We're going to meet up at some point, work together, but the exact details of it are not worked out because of free will. So, are these animal souls continuous animal souls or do they go back and forth between being animal souls and human souls? Okay, so everything I'm telling you is from the point of view of the animal when I connect with animals intuitively. Um, and what they've told me is they've mastered unconditional love. Humans have not. They don't want to go backwards. <laughs> so <laughs> they, why would they have, I don't blame them. Right. So they don't, I, I've never met an animal soul that's been a human soul. Uh, they don't have a desire. They're not trying to evolve to human souls because according to the animals, animals are more evolved. They've mastered that unconditional love. So they go from different animal to different animal soul. Like a dog can reincarnate as a horse, that kind of thing. But I've never met an animal who said, yeah, I'll be a human next time. Or I was a human and now I'm an animal. You know how you hear certain religions mm -hmm. say it's a punishment. You have to incarnate as a dog this time. A human has to. I've never run into that ever. So even dogs or animals that are abused are not here to learn lessons. Like they've got it. They know they are going to love unconditionally and they're trying to teach their owners that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? They're trying to help us 
learn this unconditional love thing. They're sacrificing themselves. They're hurting themselves. In the physical world, they are abused. In the physical world, this is a challenging life. But in the big picture of it, when you talk to an animal about the big picture, they're doing that so that we can learn. Because when you think about it, humans, we don't... Um, we don't wake up in the morning and go, everything's awesome. I'm going to make big changes and evolve my soul. Like no one does that. <laughs> and, but we go, oh, this is terrible. I don't like this. This this makes me feel icky. I want to change it. And when things aren't the way we want them to be, we work to make changes. And so animals are part of that. They're putting themselves in positions that are challenging, but they're also putting themselves in positions that are amazing. Like animals are also, wow, I've never felt this way about another being ever, this cat that I have in my life. And now that cat is helping that human open up to trust, love, relying on somebody, that kind of thing. So it's on the flip sides. So they don't really have their own lessons. Not, I know They're here to help us yeah. with ours. Yeah, it's a very different point of view that I've come to have through talking to the animals than I read out about in the world because um, since the animals have mastered unconditional love, and you can kind of see that by take humans out of the equation and there's a natural balance, right? Animals don't feel naturally, they don't feel badly about themselves. They don't wish they were thinner. They don't, you know what I mean? They don't go down the road of not loving themselves like we do. They've got that mm -hmm. piece. And a lot of people will ask um, about that unconditional love thing. Well, how can animals have mastered unconditional love if the lion eats the gazelle? That's not unconditional love, but that's actually natural balance. Animals mm -hmm. don't view crossing over as a bad thing or a punishment, it's part of the evolution. Does that make sense? It's like all one thing. Yeah. Well, and it makes a lot of sense because I was actually in Africa this year um, and was so incredibly moved by that whole ecosystem and the balance of it all and how we were able to see the wildebeest cross the, do the river crossing. And we saw a crocodile take down a baby wildebeest and then the the mom came out and she was looking for her baby and the the guide said yes she'll probably look for the baby for like a day or two I know which was like gut-wrenching and then move on but we joked because there was a bridge kind of further up the river and he was saying that the wildebeest never crossed the bridge and I thought how interesting because if they were to figure that out it totally throws off the balance in the ecosystem. Yeah. And so that's that's the difference. We as humans, we haven't mastered unconditional love. So we're worried about money. We're worried about this person having more or this person, you know, there's all this stuff going on. That's not balance. Balance is that trust in the way things are working. And that's what animals have. And that's what they're trying to help us understand. I do have to say, though, even though I know all that, listening to your story about the wildebeest baby, I still would have been upset. I still would have been crying. It doesn't matter how much I know. There's still that human normal part of me that goes, oh my God, the baby. So it, it's hard. I haven't mastered unconditional love. <laughs> yeah, or complete trust, right? That that's right. the way that you, I know. I was, I was hysterical when I saw yeah. that baby get taken down. I mean, you're rooting for them and you're like, come on, you're going to make it. And and then they don't. And as a mom, you identify with what that pain must feel like, even though we're 
we're, we're projecting that onto our animals. Well, right? and no, there is that pain. That pain does exist. Plenty of animals have told me about and shown me and I felt their passing, their a hard death and what that was like. But it's at a different level. That's at like the 3D level. When you go to the soul level, the bigger picture level, that pain is not a part of it. They're disconnected mm-hmm. from it. But still, regardless of me knowing that, it's still very challenging to... reconcile both of those parts. So when animals come through and they're talking to you, is it the same as if a person, someone whose loved one passed was talking to you? Do you get the same sort of symbols, signs to communicate that? And and how does that work? (laughs) So, and this is interesting because you're a medium. So you, you have. Sometimes. And same with me. I, I don't feel, personally, I don't feel as attracted to connecting with humans on the other side, but animals on the other side, I'm always open to it. And I've done humans, but it's not like the thing that makes my heart sing. But mm-hmm. the way the information comes through is the same, whether I'm connecting with a human on the other side or just being plain old psychic. It still comes through as um, visuals, sounds, words, feelings, tastes, knowings, um, all, all of that. It's, it still works the same way. Um, it's more about intention. I intend to connect with this animal rather than this deceased loved one or this my friend's dog or whoever it is. And so I trust that that's who I'm getting the information from. And then do those animals stay with us when we're gone to, like when we're on the other side? Yeah. You know, people have have reported that their loved ones as they're dying say, oh, there's, you know, fluffy or whatever. They stay with us. They're part of our soul group in that way. Yeah. They've explained it to me. You know, that question who greets, who's going to greet my pet when my pet crosses the rainbow bridge or who's going to greet me when I go, when I, die? Oh my God, that rainbow bridge. Oh, that's the saddest thing ever. I know. It's actually really cool having the rainbow bridge idea because it gives people something to focus on. There's a rainbow bridge. So- <laughs> Can you explain that? I, people are probably like, what are you talking about? If you haven't had a pet who's passed, you probably don't right. know. The Rainbow Bridge. Or even if you have. Um, somebody, I don't remember who, somebody wrote a poem called The Rainbow Bridge, and it basically is talking about how when the pet crossed over, the pet had to go over the Rainbow Bridge. Um, and so a lot of people refer to animals crossing over as crossing the Rainbow Bridge. It's, But it's great because it kind of takes away from is it, heaven is it you know what is that people are just feel safer with and what happens is according to the animals we all reincarnate we incarnate and reincarnate in a soul family and animal souls are part of the same family that the human souls are part of they're not switching between human and animal but like my dog from when i was little when i incarnate at some point that dog will incarnate again as well so they they do come back according to what they're helping us with. So if my dog, if my next lifetime I'm working on um, feeling loved, and that's the lesson I need to learn in order to get closer to believing in unconditional love, and that dog doesn't really have a role in that, that dog's not gonna reincarnate in that lifetime. But because they're really looking at it like, hey, how are we gonna get this human where we need her to be in her soul's evolution? So they do reincarnate with us as needed, as it works for the big picture. Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. Typically a dog wouldn't, like you wouldn't have a dog as a childhood dog and then that dog is back as your 
you know, third dog is an adult. Right into it. And, and what's really crazy is I know there are other animal communicators out there who will say, yes, this is your dog for when you were three. When I go and talk to an animal, they'll be like, no, I'm not. But I know that dog. <laughs> and I've talked to that dog mm-hmm. and hung out with that dog and that dog trained me to do X, Y, and Z. But my experience with the animals is um, the animals usually training the animal that crossed over is training the new animal. The animal that crossed over is arranging for another animal to come in. Like the, the, the animals that cross over are still very involved in our lives. They're still helping. They're still guiding. They're still watching over, but they're not, I've never yet met an animal that's actually reincarnated into the same person's life. And do they, when they're helping watching over us, give us signs like our loved ones do? Yeah. They do. Why has my dog not given me a sign? Things that can block the signs are if the grief is really big, when people are grieving in a huge way, the vibrations lower mm-hmm. and you're just not picking up on the signs. The animal may still be right. sending signs. Um, another thing that can block the signs are your expectations of what the signs are. Sometimes people who have a lot of knowledge about what signs are will be looking for those signs because that's what they know, not realizing, oh, no, that was a sign right there, but it's not the typical sign. Mm -hmm. One of the ways that animals give up signs uh, frequently with me is actually through smell, which is kind of a bummer, Hmm. but also cool because animal smells aren't always awesome. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, I just saw, smelled my smell of Bella, my dog, when she she was dirty a lot and she swam in swamps. And I'd be in my office working and I'd be missing her and I'd be like, oh, Bella's here because I smelled her swampy, dirty dog smell go by. Mm-hmm. And they just, they're very much like humans. They want to give signs that they're around. Um, other signs like having a, uh, the, the collar show up in the middle of the room, no one put it there, how did it get there? That, I haven't really looked into why. Why is it harder to recognize a sign from an animal than a human? So my other question is, why do we have a much deeper connection sometimes with a specific animal in our lives? Like I definitely, we, so we're on our second dog. Our first dog was absolutely my husband's soulmate. Like no question. This other one, not so much. (laughs) Um, And so a lot of people will be like, oh, this is my heart dog. And this is my other dog. You know, there's just that, that deeper piece there. In talking to the animals, what they've described to me is that every animal is working to teach us a lesson. Every animal that's in our lives is working to teach us a, a lesson. And some animals have a bigger pathway, like they're going to do more in that lesson. They play a bigger role, uh, whereas others may have a smaller, more of a supporting role. So we'll feel this great, huge love for this one animal in our life. And then we love the other one, but it's not the same. It's just because that's how that animal needs to get that lesson through to you. Does that make sense? And- And do you only get, I've heard people say like, you only get one of those in your life. Like you only get that one amazing animal that is just like your, your person. I, 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 I know I've heard people say it as well, but really it comes back to the lesson. So if you need that again to learn that lesson, then that animal, the new animal is going to be that for you. It just depends on what you need in doing whatever evolution the animals are helping you with. But I think a lot of people say you only get one in your life, 
because it feels like that at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's what they're teaching us is always the value. Yes, yes. And even the sub ones, the ones that are kind of like their supporting roles. You know, you had that one with your husband where it was like, oh, so his dog and everything. And then this one. So this next one's more of a supporting role, kind of helping, but maybe from a different angle, that kind of. And do you communicate also with living animals? Yeah. And so how does that look different? And what are they communicating with you differently? It doesn't look different. Other than if you ask an animal that's on the other side, how does your body feel? You get this weird, like, remember the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters? You get like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you get this kind of crazy right. feel. Um, and so they, the, the other difference between animals that are still alive and animals that have crossed over is ones that have crossed over want to talk more about big picture stuff the big lesson, what's happening with the world, how, you you know, they kind of go there a lot. Whereas the ones that are still alive have that connection to our tangible, like our daily lives. And so they'll, they'll talk there as well as the big picture stuff. So what are they telling you? Like the ones that are here, are they saying to you, like my dog would say to you, tell my owner to stop yelling at me every time I jump on the counter or <laughs> they can say that she's not getting patience or like, what are it. they? Is that? So they'll say very 3d tangible things. Like I do not have a big enough bed and I want a bigger bed and this is what I want it to look like. You know, they'll say that kind of stuff or they'll say, um, I am going to keep pacing and barking like this until my human takes up meditation and learns to calm down. <laughs> yeah. They, they the whole thing. <laughs> Oh my God, that's awesome. Oh, my dog for sure wants out of the crate at night. And so th- so they're giving both concrete and kind of spiritual guidance. That's what all of the soul level animal, animal communication that I do is about. It's about that concrete stuff and then really that bigger stuff to help you grow and evolve. It, it wraps both of those in there. So the concrete stuff for the human or sometimes for the animal, like how their life can be. A lot of the time what the animal concentrates on for the concrete stuff is whatever that human needs to hear to believe this is their animal to be, to like buy into the whole thing. All right. Like, it's kind of like the animals, they do the concrete stuff, but they're really trying to get you to the other bigger picture stuff. And it might not always be unconditional love. It's always some version of unconditional love. So let's say this person needs to change their job and the animal wants to help them with that, but they're not changing their job because they don't feel safe about money. So now the version of unconditional love that this person needs to work on is um, believing that they're safe, supported, and protected. So maybe this cat is helping them learn that they're safe, supported, and protected by protecting them. Uh, it, it, the, there's, it's always some version of any of those feelings that we feel not safe, supported, protected, not loving, not, not loved, not deserving or worthy, not good enough. These are just all versions that we've come up with as humans of not aligning with unconditional love. They're just ways we don't love ourselves. So mm-hmm. the animals kind of figure out those ways and work with them, but they're, it's always coming back to unconditional love. And do the animals communicate with each other telepathically? They do. Animals, um, it, that's actually why it's really cool. That's why I love teaching people animal communication because when you're just being plain psychic, you don't have any extra help. But when you're learning to do it with an animal because they do it every day and this is how they survive, it's like um, extra, like an extra 
Like you ate the power pill on the video game and now, oh, because the animals there actually helping and guiding. What they do is they, they look at you and they figure out, well, what is the best way that I can give this information to Amy that she's going to be able to understand it, grab it and understand it. So for example, animals for a while were communicating with me and they were always bringing up different 80s movies. And I'm like, oh yeah, 16 candles. And I would describe the scene that the animal's giving me and the person would be like, yes, just like that. Because that's how I could receive that information best and pass it on. So they're reading you the whole time. Can they see loved ones who have passed and, and souls who have passed as well? I mean, I've experienced where my dog looks, seems like he's barking at absolutely nothing. Yeah. Is he seeing things and how do I know so, that that's it versus like a squirrel went by? <laughs> yes, they have a really way better connection to the other side than we have. So like when, uh, when two cats live in a house or like two dogs live in a house together and one dies and we're grieving and the, the dog is missing the animal, but the dog doesn't miss the other dog in the same way that we do because they can still see each other. They can still talk to one another. There's still connection. Usually when an animal's grieving the loss of another animal, it's because the physical 3D change in their life. Well, we used to go out on a walk every day and play ball together with my human, and now we're not doing that. This is, this is sad, but the connection is still there. You know how you see cats staring off into the into space? Mm-hmm. They're connected. Animals are so beautifully and just naturally connected to all of that that we're trying to get connected back into. Definitely need to be an animal in my next life. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> it seems a lot less complicated. Right. <laughs> so what about animals that don't have owners? What What are they doing here? So do you mean like wild animals? Well, wild animals are like strays that are just kind of roaming the streets. Or They're doing the same thing. Rats. They are doing the same thing. Yeah, rats. So I should f- be it- loving towards them? Well, so should is hard, (laughs) right? It is hard. I just, I just went to Costa Rica and I came back and a week later I found a tick between my toes. Oh God. I know. And there's no, there's no Lyme disease in Costa Rica, so I'm good. But my husband was like, ticks, I hate ticks. And I don't feel that way toward tick. A tick is just doing what a tick needs to do. You know, that they're not meant to be evil or bad. We don't like that part of them sucking our blood, but they're not, they're not bad. So they're just existing to balance the ecosystem. Yeah, they're part of it. And they're bringing a certain vibration to earth. Same with um, the crocodile, right? So the crocodile eating the, what was it, a wildebeest? Wildebeest, yeah. Um, that crocodile's not evil. That cro- and so many people look at it like it's bad. They're rooting against the crocodile. The crocodile just needs to eat. So these guys are all doing their part to balance and to model balance for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because there was something to me that was way more aggressive about the crocodile eating the wildebeest because we also saw a lion kill and the lion killed a baby uh, warthog. So the baby warthog was with its family, but the lionesses were with their family too. They were with all their cubs. And it was, it was, it felt less 
it made more sense to me, right? Like here was a mother lion trying to feed her family. And so that I was more okay with. There was something about this crocodile where you couldn't see sort of the structure and what it was about. And you have to have that faith and trust that this is the balance of the world that we're all looking toward, which happened first. The crocodile. Interesting. So from what I understand from talking to the animals, even that, even you watching both of those scenes, while it's intended for them and for food in the 3D, there was also their lessons for you to learn from seeing both of those scenes. It's interesting that you first had the tough one and then they come through and they show you, hey, this is that you were able to go. All right. This is what it's all about. I get it better now. So yeah. And I remember thinking we were joking because, you know, we had our list of all the things you want to see when you take the trip of a lifetime like this. And the likelihood of seeing all those things is pretty slim. Yeah. And so we we did somehow. But when we were talking about wanting to see a lion kill, I just remember thinking, like, I don't think I'll be able to handle that. I don't think I'll be able to handle that. And the lion kill that we did see was totally, I could digest it, not literally, but I could could take that in. That's funny that you said digest it. And could you digest it because you'd already seen the wildebeest one? Probably. And I think because it just didn't seem like I didn't have to watch like a lion take down a wildebeest or a buffalo where there would have been more squirming and noise. And it was like it just grabbed it and that was it. And so it was super tolerable for me. But like, I feel like if I would have seen something so aggressive like that. And we did also see like a wildebeest that had just died and we kind of watched the the ecosystem of the vultures come in and, you know, the, the hyenas and all of that. But watching the actual kill is so emotional. Yeah. And here's what's crazy. The animals know what's going on. They know the big picture. So did they know that you would be seeing this, that we would then be here and you would be talking about it, which would in turn help other people understand and open to this Mm -hmm. idea as well. I think, I think they knew. (laughs) Well, it's funny because we were joking that we'd be like, we really, really want to see this today. And literally it would show up for us. Talk about like manifesting intention. Right. And so we were joking that like there was a behind the scenes, like quadrant one, release the cheetah. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm talking about though. If you can kind of wrap your head around that these guys are here to help and give you what you need to grow and evolve, you know, you get experiences like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it is a life changing, just mind blowing experience to see animals in their world in on earth doing what they're supposed to be doing. Living in balance, which Mm -hmm. does not necessarily look like what humans live like when we think we're in balance. (laughs) Oh, this is just a reminder of how out of balance certainly I am today, but I think how, how out of balance we all are. How can people connect with their pets once they've crossed over? I would say the easiest way is to put a pad of paper and a pen by the bed, by your bed. And then before you go to bed, think about the animal. Literally just think about the animal. Like, oh, I miss you, Bella. I loved cuddling you, that kind of thing. And then ask the animal, will you give me a message tonight? The animals do visitations. That's a very easy way for them to show up. And I know you being a medium, there's human visitations, Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing. I feel like animals 
it's kind of their most easy way to give signs and messages and real kind of more um, bigger, bigger messages because that's when we're most open. You know, all of our, oh, I need this, I need it this way, kind of goes away while we're asleep. So that's mm -hmm. the easiest way for them to slip in. And, and usually the messages are messages showing the animal, hey, I'm good, I'm happy. You know, they're just messages, I'm good. Why are they here for so short? It feels too short to us. But yeah. what I have seen is animals so often use their passing as another way to help us grow and evolve. Think about how much um, guilt we have over an animal's passing. I wish I could have done I mean, it's like huge. And mm -hmm. so all of that, so a lot of, if you're going to have guilt over your animal's passing, you're probably also somebody who has guilt in your life and you always think you're not doing it well enough, et cetera, et cetera. So it usually is another way to work on the lesson with us. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> no. And how our animal chooses their death has to do with what we need to learn. Yeah. I mean, they their physical body obviously gets tired and done, and they do need to let go of their physical body, but they will work it so that we can get the most out of their passing. That doesn't mean so it's the easiest passing. Often it means it's the hardest passing, but they want to help us through their passing. It was my dogs was so traumatic. Oh. Yeah, it's but. it's so and when it's traumatic like that, you when you're ready, you kind of want to step back and go, all right, was there anything I can learn out of this? What emotions came up out of this other than grief? Because those emotions are going to start telling you where that animal wanted you to work. Mm hmm. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. More about <laughs> oh God, the work never ends, does it? The human I, work. Yeah, I like I like using what animals are giving us to do it. I feel like it's a shortcut. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think we can accept it from animals in a different way. Yeah. Than we, we can from our human people around us, right? Yeah, because our human people around us have all their stuff. And then we're like, are they still in their stuff? But animals, right. so many people view animals as just kind of more perfect. <laughs> Well, and if my child behaved in the same way that my dog repeatedly does, I think I would not be, I would be more angry with my child than I am with my dog <laughs> who repeatedly does the same thing over and over again, yeah. right? Like now it's just sort of like I accept it in my dog that he likes to jump and take dish towels off of the counter. He's a mm. big counter surfer. When my kids repeatedly do the same things over and over again, I certainly don't have that kind of patience. But I don't think it's about accepting that your dog does that. So so look at what emotions come up and how you feel about yourself around the dog doing that continually because they're, the lesson is in there. When they do a thing and it really gets you, that's when you know they're working on a lesson with you. That's the space. Okay. All right. So yeah, maybe patience is part of it, but I have a feeling there's a little more there. Oh, do you know? Do you know? <laughs> Come on, uh, spill the goods. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of more empowering for you to do it. I'll walk you, uh, like it's more empowering for you to do it. So when the dog keeps jumping up and getting the towel, doing the counter surfing, what is your first thought? Oh, again, seriously. And how does it make you feel about yourself? 
What do you say to yourself? This is so aggravating. Uh-huh. And keep going. Go in further. This is like therapy. I love this. <laughs> um, I guess maybe like how could I, this might be a stretch, but I'm going to go with it. Have I failed in training this dog the right way? I pick it up a little bit backwards from that. Not have I failed, but I got to do more to fix this. Mm-hmm. I don't see you as someone who says I fail. It's more yeah. like I got to do more. I got to do right. more. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm not doing enough. Wow. Yep. Nailed so that's it. where the lesson from this dog is. Does that make sense? Gotcha. So, so it has to be sort of a surrender to I am doing enough. Um, could be. If you could surrender to that and, but actually surrender, <laughs> not tell yourself you're Don't surrendering. cheat surrendering. <laughs> what? I said, don't cheat surrendering. Well, you can't just say, all right, I'm going to surrender, right? It's more like, right. well, what does it feel like? Let me, let me, let me try this out this time and see, I'm going to be like, all right, whatever happens here, let it happen and notice how you feel. Notice the differences. It's a little bit of trial and error with you feeling it out as your dog's doing it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but I would say just start there so that you can see what, so what happens is if one time you're like, all right, whatever, he's going to get up there. Yep. He just did whatever. And you don't do the kind of beating yourself up. You go, I'm in, I'm doing whatever right now. I'm be, I'm in whatever mode, see how that feels. And then notice if your dog continues doing it to the same degree. So when you're making headway on it, your dog will start doing it less. When you're continuing to beat yourself up about it, the dog will, you know, start jumping up on the counter. All You know, they, they elevate the... And it might be not doing it. it it's not necessarily... It's the beating myself up... Yes. ...in my life that I'm not doing enough. Yes, but, but you don't have to extend it out into your whole life just do this part with your dog because that starts shifting that belief that makes you keep beating yourself up and then that will filter out into your life just do the part with your dog right 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 (laughs) oh my god this is awesome okay (laughs) people maybe me want to take your class (laughs) what tell us about that and we're doing a little partner promotion here today. So can you tell us about where people can find you? And they can go to my website, daniellemckinnon.com. And And I'll have have, it in my show notes and everything. Oh, cool. Oh, so handy. (laughs) And I do have an instant access online class where you can buy it. And within five minutes, you're doing the first lesson online. So there are videos recorded of me teaching an online class where you get to learn to actually do psychic communication with them. And if you guys go on and you put in the promo code LIFE50. Yes. Right? L-I-F-E-5-0. Yeah. You will get $50 off. Yes. Yay. Yeah. I'm so psyched we thought of this. <laughs> I know. Me too. I've never done anything like this before. So I just wanted to try it out. And Danielle was more than willing to let me try it with her. So thank well, you. The more people that learn animal communication, when you learn it, it's weird. It starts making you actually do your work, your inner work and evolve and grow. So that's kind of... Well, and it's so much easier... I mean, you really like got right at it very quickly and very timely for what I'm dealing with right now, like to the point where it almost makes me want to cry. It was just so 
genuine and so much about like now I can shift how I'm thinking about myself and my dog yeah. in terms of what he's there to teach me. Yeah. It's crazy the depth they go to to teach us stuff and the and the lengths they go to. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I loved this. This was this was just just what the animal ordered, I think, for me today. <laughs> thank so you for thank having you. me. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life death and the space between and hit subscribe and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dr amy robbins ask me any questions you might have let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story i can't wait to hear from you